So are you ready to PR yourself? We'll remove the mystery from all things PR and we'll discuss everything from our top strategies to tips and tricks and everything that you can utilize to further enhance your brand or your message. I've been in media, I'm a journalist, and I'm also a publicist. I am Leah Frazier, CEO of Think3 Media and your host for PR Yourself with Leah Frazier. Let's go. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of PR Yourself with Leah Frazier. I must say, you guys made season one a hit, and it made me so happy to hear from so many of you guys via email, direct message on how you're going to PR yourself better, especially as we move into 2021. So thank you so much for all the kind words and for all of you guys that are leaning in and putting in the work. This podcast is for you. So for those of you who are looking for a little bit extra oomph for your businesses and for your brands, I have something for you. Be sure to always visit PRYourselfWithLeahFraser.com. Make sure you're signed up for our email list where I send out episode recaps. I'm going to send out when I'm doing webinars, when I'm going to be live. I'm going to send out when we're offering our next live course. So be sure to sign up for that email list, PRYourselfWithLeahFraser.com and never miss an update. That way you can PR yourself better and um, just do bigger and better things as we move into 2021. Also, exciting news. My book, PR Yourself, will be coming in 2021. So be sure to go to PRYourselfBook.com and sign up again for that email list. You're not going to want to miss when pre-sales drop. You're going to want to be the first to get this book in your hand. And I'm not kidding you guys. I was on the phone yesterday with an organization that's going to have me do a workshop in June and they have already pre-ordered 50 copies. The manuscript is not even turned in yet and they have pre-ordered their 50 and you're going to want to get yours too. So PR Yourself book.com. And lastly, if you're, you're like Leah, you know what? I need that hands-on training with you every single month, whether it's marketing, whether it's PR. Hey guys, I have something super affordable for you. You're going to want to go to think3media.com forward slash think3edu. And you're going to sign up for our subscription service. It's only 49 bucks a month, you guys. And what you get is one live You heard it right. One live session with me on a marketing or hot PR topic of the month. And then you're also going to get a mastermind session with other business and brands that are just like you, where maybe you're stuck on an issue. What we do when we mastermind together, we help you to get unstuck so that for those next 30 days before you go into the next month where we do another session, you can work on that item and take your business or your brand from one level to the next. That's what it's there for. So go to think3media.com forward slash think3edu and sign up for our subscription service. That way you're always learning on how to market yourself better and how to PR yourself better as we move into 2021. And without further ado, enjoy this latest episode and stay tuned. Okay, welcome back to another episode of PR Yourself with Leah Frazier. I have the super badass Erica Anderson here with me of PR Vane, and she's just so amazing. And I'm so excited because, man, if you guys are in Dallas and you caught her at Dallas Startup Week, I can't even remember. Was that last year, Erica, or was it the year before? Last year. Y'all, standing room only for her presentation. And even when the presentation went out, she, like a pro, kept going, kept people engaged, told them how to pitch the media. I mean, 
from local to national. Erica, you have it going on. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. This is an amazing topic to help not just small businesses, but everyday people learn how to brand themselves. So kudos to you. So tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been doing PR. I mean, you your resume honestly reads like every fashion girl's dream for like who you've worked with and the New York life. So tell people just, you know, who you are and what you have going on today. Absolutely. So I've been in business now. Well, I've been in the PR sector um, for over 10 years. Um, I moved to New York in 2009 and was very, very fortunate to land some amazing opportunities to work with, to work under, um, you know, Vogue magazine, Tommy Hilfiger, Netta Porte. Um, it was a great opportunity to just be able to conduct and execute strategic public relations um, strategic corporate communications. Um, so I've been doing this for over 10 years. I started my own business, PR Vane, in 2014. I launched it in New York after I resigned from Net-A-Porte. I just got to a point where I wanted to focus on small businesses. I had spent so much time learning from the big boys, from Vogue, from Tommy Hilfiger, from KCD, which is one of the biggest and most successful fashion PR agencies in the world. Um, it, it just it just felt like it was time to utilize those relationships and the skill sets that I had learned from the big boys to help the smaller brands. Um, so I've been doing this now for over 10 years. Um, I am really passionate about small business growth. I feel like there's so many companies out here with great ideas, amazing products, or very interesting stories, but they just don't have the right contacts. They don't have the right strategy in place, or they don't write, they don't have the right team members um, that are putting forth measurable objectives and really executing with top tier in mind. Um, so that that's me. I am um, all about you know strategy, corporate communications, public relations. Um, I also used to teach at SMU on the PR side. Um, I have a balance between the in-house corporate life as well as on the agency side. That is amazing. I just. I just want to drool a little bit. I mean, what (laughs) was life like at Vogue? Because, I mean, like, that is every person's dream, you know, to walk down those halls and to enter with Vogue and, you know, on on the back wall, like, racks and racks of clothes. I mean, what was that life like? It's so interesting that you say that because a lot of people when you say Vogue, they automatically think that I'm in the closet or I'm working with accessories. But I was one of those smart girls. Like I really wanted to use my brain. I wanted to understand why or how Vogue was able to build brand awareness that was so impactful that they were able to expand internationally. And the name Vogue alone, it just rings bells. So for me, my objective was to secure a role in the corporate communications and PR division. And I was, I really loved that division because I wasn't in the closet. I wasn't playing with beautiful clothes, which that's all fun and games, but I wanted to dig deeper and understand the business behind Vogue. And that's what I was able to obtain by being in the corporate communications division. And funny story, my desk was literally right in front of Anna Wintour's office. I can't, I cannot, you've never told me that. Yeah, I don't dying. even tell people. <laughs> I don't even tell people this, but yeah, every time I stood up, 
I literally look right into her office. And before you get into her actual office, it's like a foyer area where she has um, two assistants on both sides. And then she has, she had an assistant in the inside. This was back in 2009, uh, well, 2010. But yeah, every time I got up, so I was really paranoid about what I wore to work every day. Cause I was like, I gotta be cute. And Everybody that will come to her office, they will wait outside the doors. I mean, wait out, uh, outside on um, via the hallway. So I can see all the celebrities waiting to enter her office, all the journalists, all the employees, all these very important people. Uh, but what was really interesting for me was being able to understand how to pitch a magazine, how, you know, how, how advertising is conducted, how they selected the covers, and then how you pitch those covers. You think Kim Kardashian is on the cover just because. No, 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 no. There's a real strategy behind that. And then how do we leverage you know, that person on the coverage? How do we get more people to talk about it? How do we engage um, the different, how do we engage people about the different topics that are inside of the magazine? So it was really cool to see that it's not just a magazine, but there are levels to it. It's not just the cover, but it's also those really interesting categories inside the magazine that we also had to always pitch. So very early on, I started building relationships with TV outlets, radio outlets, because my first big, big opportunity was with Vogue magazine. So I, I was representing the, a print outlet. So I had to learn how to converse very quickly with TV um, editors and, and producers. And um, But it was, it was a great opportunity. I, I learned so much from Vogue. It was high, high intensity, <laughs> fast pace. Um, every day was very different. Um, there was always some type of you know, challenge that I had to face, but they have an incredible team of very smart people. So you learn so much. It all makes sense now, Erica, because you're always dressed fly. It all <laughs> makes sense. So if you were dressing to the nines every day in front of Anna Wintour's office, then you move to Dallas. And I mean, no wonder you slay. Like it all makes sense now. It all makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to go back to that topic that you were talking about, the relationships, right? And Vogue obviously being an international powerhouse in the magazine spectrum of things. Um, now in your role as a publicist at PR Bain, you know, and the owner of an amazing, amazing um, PR firm, I, I'm sure you have clients that come to you and they're like, hey, Local coverage, that's great, but um, I kind of want the national thing. So um, for small business owners that are listening or their listeners, they could be entrepreneurs, startups, whatever. Um, in reality, when we talk about those relationships, um, how long did it take for you to cultivate all of the national relationships that you built, whether it was at Vogue or whether it was when you went to Net-A-Porte what does that type of relationship building look like so that people have an appreciation for what publicists actually have to endure when we're crafting out those media lists? The short answer, you have to be very patient because it will take years to build solid, genuine relationships, whereas people will actually respond to you every time you email them. They will pick up the phone every time you call them. So it, it it's about that timing. It takes years to perfect those genuine relationships. A lot of the editors and writers, they can tell from the beginning of the conversation if you are using them or you if you are helping them or leveraging the relationship in some way. So it's so funny that you say that because 
from a local perspective, I learn from a national perspective first. And I think that for any young publicist, PR expert, even marketers, you want to learn the national angle first, how to attract national reach first, because everything after that is super easy. Like regional coverage is easy to me. Local coverage is super easy to me because you know how to deal with the big boys. You know how they're going to respond. You learn how to chase them. You learn how to be creative. Um, you, you, You master your 30 second pitch over the phone. You master your 30 second pitch in person from working with these national outlets. So I was very fortunate to work only with national uh, media outlets for the first almost 10 years of my my career. So the local relationships um, and the local outreach, I didn't really have to do until like the last two years um, because most of my business and most of my clients, they only cared about national relationships. And you'll learn, you know, a little later why, because of, you know, obviously credibility and impact in terms of the larger numbers of impressions. But no, it definitely takes, it takes some years. And for me, um, I would say it took about five years for me to be able to, to feel comfortable and say, you know what? I got a Rolodex. I can flip through. I can call this person. I can text the editor-in-chief of this outlet, you know, and it's so cool being able to have those national relationships because you grow together. For example, the editor-in-chief of Team Vogue, her and I came up together. So now that she's the editor-in-chief of Vogue, of Team Vogue, I knew her when she was just as junior as me. And so we just slowly moved up the ranks together. Same thing with um, Nikki Oganaki, who just became the new uh, digital director of Harper's Bazaar. You know, we, 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 I knew her like 10 years ago when we were all very junior. They were like junior writers. They were market editors. And as the years go by, you see your, your, your friends move up. And so you just keep a good relationship with them. So to be able to say that, oh, wow, the digital person here is following me on Instagram or, hey, I can text this person in a hot second. It says a lot. And it, it's really about building those genuine relationships, finding out what they need. Don't just reach out to them when you need something. Hey, what are you working on? Um, yes, you know, Erica, repeat that again. You yes. know Asking them, like, how can you help them? Hey, girl, you know, what are you working on? Let me see if I can throw something your way or, you know, provide some insight, anything challenging, you know, just keep me posted. Even if they say, you know, no, I'm fine over and over again, do your research, read a bunch of their articles, find out what's upcoming um, and then see how you can you can help them, even if there's no benefit to you. It says a lot about you wanting to build a genuine relationship with them. I have editors and um, producers who have attended my wedding, you know, came and kicked it at my house because it's genuine. You know what I mean? Like I really got to know them and it's not just about the work, but it's about, you know, the long term relationship. I love how you mentioned that because even here on a local level, I'm like, hey, you know, let's just go to lunch. Let's go to coffee. And we're not even talking about anything business related. Absolutely. I'm just concerned about you as a person. You know, I'm, I'm seeing this on social media. Congratulations on this and that. And more of... Um, kind of following them from that personal aspect so that when it does come down to business, like you said, it's not whereas any person feels like you're being used because you genuinely care about each other as individuals and human beings outside of work. 
Absolutely. OMG. When I tell you one of my really close editor friends from a national media outlet, I helped her put together her Tinder profile. Hello. That says a lot. (laughs) That's real love right there. Let me help you with your profile picture. Let me put together your, your, um, you know, your little summary, but no, like it says a lot when you build those genuine relationships. But it's so it's such a huge pull, Erica. Like I feel like okay, maybe at some point in time it wasn't so easy for you. Now it is. You've taken the time to develop that list. You have that Rolodex. But for someone just now starting out and they're thinking on a national level, there's just so it's a pool of so many contacts out there. And then you have social media. And then for some of us, you know, we have Cision. But even in the Cision pool, that's huge. Where we're looking for you know, the right editor, whoever to get the information to. So how would you suggest starting to build um, these national media lists for potential outreach at some point in time? I definitely think finding, um, well, first research, you got to do your research, get to know them, get to know their beat. That's the first thing I tell people all the time. Every writer, producer, um, journalist, they have a beat. You need to learn what that beat is. They're always talking about the same thing. And you don't want to reach out to them about something that's completely irrelevant to what they're going to write about. And you don't want to insult them. So you want to read their articles. You want to um, do as much research as possible and follow them on Instagram. See how they're promoting their own stuff. See how they're talking about it. So you can see, you know, the passion coming through their words. I also think utilizing social media for your pitches. We live in the digital era. We cannot rely on Cision anymore, sadly. Cision is only a starting point. And I tell everybody that I work with, it is only a starting point. It is your job to be the king and queen of follow-up. And follow-up is not to only be utilized via email. You cannot be afraid of using the phone. And I'm a master on the phone. Like literally, give me 30 seconds with the person that I'm trying to get in contact with. And I'll tell you exactly why I want you to you know, talk about my client or talk about this product within those 30 seconds, that person will be able to tell me yes or no, send me an email right now. I'll be able to click on it and, and move forward. So following up is so, so, so important. You know, in our industry, we have to chase that. That's just what we do. It's just who we are. We have to chase the story, chase the editor. We have to perfect our pitch and we have to use multiple vehicles to get our pitches across. We cannot rely on email. And it kills me sometimes when I see or hear from junior people that say, oh, well, nobody got back to me. And I emailed like five times. That's the only thing you did. Why didn't you call? I mean, oh my God, Erica, I'm so happy you brought that up. Cause sometimes when I have interns, I'm just like, you know, there's that thing that you have, it's called a phone and you can dial a number and you can call, call the magazine company or you can call Dallas Morning News and they'll tell you exactly where to send it. Yeah, yeah. You have to be resourceful. You can also DM a lot of these editors. I have seen success with um, my team DMing people directly on their social media or sending them messages through their websites. A lot of these writers and editors now, they have their own websites. Mm-hmm. So they feel yes. flat- great points. Yes. They feel so flattered when you find their website. One, it's great for their hits and their SEO. Hello, you spend some time on their website. But two, you send them a message. So they are more amped at responding to either their inbox 
or their um, their website um, um, mail versus their work email that's constantly flooded. You got to remember, it's a saturated market. A million people are sending them, you know, press releases all day, pitches all day. How do you break through the clutter by being resourceful, being creative, and being very consistent? I am so glad that you brought that up because I'll admit, like sometimes it's like, oh, this would be great for such and such magazine. And I have no clue. And I'll like you, I may spend an hour trying to find the perfect writer to send the press release to. Um, But yeah, going to their website and me saying, oh, well, I like, you know, I may even pull an article that I've read from them from that site as well and say, oh, well, I love when you did a story on X, Y, and Z. And I am, I, I am like connecting with them in that way. And I've found it to be very successful when I've actually, like you said, I've gone to their personal site, I've read the content that they have in there. And then I serve them that same content that they were already reporting on or covering. So that was great, Erica. I'm glad you brought that up. Of so, so as we kind of wrap because this whole, I feel like the national press attention is like that golden nugget in the sky. It's the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that every business, every entrepreneur, every startup, they, they want it. You know, I don't know if you experienced this at all. I'm pretty sure you do where someone will come through the door and it's like, I want to be on the cover of Time Magazine. I want to be on the Today Show. I want to be on Good Morning America. Can you do that for me? You know? <laughs> uh, how do you manage expectations or do you work with your clients in a way if that is in fact their goal or their business is branded in such a way? Do you work with them to build um, their portfolio in a way to where that is attractive or how do you manage their expectations when they come in with such lofty goals? It's interesting that you say that because our first objective is always to build brand awareness on the national level because we know what the return on investment is. We know what it looks like. Now, there are people that come to us and say, hey, you know, I just want local coverage. And I'm always like, why? What do you think your return is going to be? Once I get a better understanding of their goals, one year goal, five year goals, I can be I can tell them like, hey, let's start on the national side. I truly believe that every small company should start trying to attract national coverage first because it takes a long time to see that return. And if you start later on, it's old news. So you want to start with either both or you start with that national coverage. But I'm also very realistic. I truly believe that it takes a solid six months before you start to see a pattern of multiple um, you know, national coverage that's consistent. Once you once you get on a roll, it literally is just going to continue to roll and roll and roll. So everything else is easier. You can always go back to local and regional outlets just, just merely with your national coverage because when they Google you, they're like, oh, what's this company? Oh, wow, they're featured on Good Morning America. I've never heard of them before. They're going to now want to feature you. Because national coverage gives you credibility. National coverage also gives you large exposure. I mean, when you look at those impressions for, let's say, you know, Harper's Bazaar compared to a smaller regional outlet, 
it's just totally different who, you know, you, you want to be able to aim at those large impressions first. Now, one of the cons for national uh, uh, coverage is that it's just hard to break through and that it takes a long time. You know, there's no way you're going to get, you know, a major hit within the, the first month. If, if you do, it means that you have a very unique product that is just very relevant or, you know, you kind of got lucky, but it takes a couple months I always say a solid three to six months before you start to see, you know, national coverage that's, 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 that's of quality. But how Erica, now I know you are very direct. Like you, when I think of all of my direct homies, you're definitely in that pool. I have have a list of y'all where I'm like, man, I wish I could be as direct as they are. How do you manage expectations when somebody's coming through the door? And I, I feel like a lot of people want the microwave strategy to everything, the microwave results. So for a startup or a small business where you're like, listen, this is in our experience three to six months before you see X, Y, and Z. How do you manage expectations to say, hey, sit over there and chill out mm-hmm. for three to six months when they're probably walking through the door wanting the microwaves? PR, <laughs> PR strategy. Yeah, I think it starts with transparency up front. You know, before a contract is even signed with us, I have a very clear understanding of their goals and their objectives. So I know if if they are thinking about, you know, getting product on Kim Kardashian tomorrow and I tell them very matter of fact, that's not going to happen. You know, transparency, honesty is so, so important. One of the things that upsets me a lot about, you know, inexperienced publicists is that they sell clients a dream and it affects our business for, you know, other people. It affects all of us, the whole industry, because people are willing to say anything to get, you know, to get that check or to get that contract. Um, But no, it starts with that transparency, being very realistic with the client and letting them know like, hey, I know this is a big goal for you, but I want you to know that this has to be a long-term goal, you know, or um, a lot of times with our research, we'll do, the first thing we always do is research. With our research, sometimes we're able to identify that that goal of getting your product on Kim Kardashian doesn't make sense. You know, it's it, it it's not a measurable objective. It's not something that we can truly look forward to because your product doesn't relate to this person or does it doesn't fit in with this media outlet. And that hardcore truth sometimes is so hard to get through to a client, but you have to put all of that up front so that they are aware that you aren't just going to just do anything. You're going to do what's right. You're going to do what um, is measurable what you you know what what makes sense and what's really going to help them get a return on their investment you know so it really is about that transparency communicating it over and over again but yeah that cookie cutter strategy that does not work you need to tailor your approach for everything and back it up with your research you know if you're selling um you know you know business attire and you want to get on somebody that's you know, that's not their style. You can't force it onto that stylist. It's, it's not going to work like that. It, it, it has to align in some way. I'm so glad you you brought up so many key issues. So Erica, we just going to have to have you come back and I'll <laughs> probably bring a couple other publicists so we can do a session on junior publicists or publicist movies. Can you not dot, dot, dot. And then y'all just say <laughs> whatever they don't need to be out there doing, making it harder for the rest of us. I know. <laughs> Oh, hard for the rest of us. 
But I'm so glad you talked about that, especially like managing expectations, because just this week alone, I've had like two people uh, reach out to me wanting. uh, It's funny because they think it's Burger King. So it's like, oh, I need a press release um, by tomorrow because I have this going on. And I'm like, um, uh, just because you're in an emergency and you waited to reach out to me, like we're not Burger King. We can't just not sit down with you you know, and just draft up or drum out a press release and then distribute it. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That whole microwavable thing. But I do feel like there's probably other publicists out there, like you said, that will take the money and and do it and probably not a great job. And it's just, it's really, it's, it's, it's PR agencies like yours and publicists like yourself that really continue to drive the standard. And so I'm just, so excited to just know you and the level of excellence that you operate at. So thank you. Of course. It's truly a passion. I I want our industry to be respected. And when people make very sloppy mistakes like that, it affects our entire industry. And it, it makes us look like, you know, we don't know what we're doing and it's not fair. And so it's our job to correct those issues and talk about them more so that we can get ahead. Well, Erica, thank you for all the valuable knowledge you dropped. Girl, we're gonna have I'm gonna have to just talk to you offline about some more of your fashion adventures because it's just so fascinating. I'm the one that'll binge watch like all of the fashion documentaries. Um, like there was the one with Anna Wintour about the September issue that I found was just so fascinating. Um, there was the other one about how she does the Met Gala. So it's just like to know that you were a part of that world. It's like, oh my God, so amazing. (laughs) It it was, it's definitely a once in a lifetime experience. And I just don't know if it'll ever be the same now that COVID has changed the way we do business from fashion shows. Like I, I miss being in Milan and going to shows and you know, Milan is so different from, you know, New York and New York is so different from Paris. So I just feel like every a lot will change and we will learn from this. So I'm so glad that I was fortunate to experience it pre-pandemic because I, I don't think it'll be the same. And I'll just live vicariously through you. So if every now and again you're doing a <laughs> Thursday and you want to just shoot me a picture and I can pretend that I was there, I would greatly appreciate that. <laughs> love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Leah, for having me. Thank you, Erica. And how can everybody keep up with you and PR Vane and all of your fabulous adventures? Absolutely. You guys can definitely check me out. Um, our website is prvane.com. So that is V as in Victor, E-I-N. Um, we are also on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. So if you want to learn more, check it out. All right. And thank you guys for tuning in. If you found this helpful, which I'm sure you did. I'm going to want you to share, share, share. Also click that subscribe button, rate and review and hit me up. If you want to hear Erica again, you can email me Leah at think3media.com or if you have other episode suggestions, but until next time. 